Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> What happened to your face? I got scratched. By your dog or what? No. I don't know. Aaron asked me the same thing. <laughs> I think from, uh, I think it was from Tuesday. Hunter and I were, were grappling and sparring. Okay, and I must Velcro or a toenail. I have no idea. Do you know what's funny is that's one of the things I wanted to ask or to bring up today was, have, have you heard of uh, Nazi dueling scars? No. So... The Nazis, one of their kind of badges of honor back in the day was they would get slashed in the face to kind of, it's kind of, like I said, like a badge of honor. So they would wear these like steel goggles with this steel thing that covered their nose. And they would basically take like a blade, not like a razor blade, but like a, I don't even know what it was, but something big and heavy across their face. And then, so if you look at pictures of a lot of the old Nazis, they all have like a big scar on their cheek. You know what that reminds me of? Peaky Blinders? Nope, kind of. But it reminds me of people who don't train MMA but want cauliflower ears, so they just whack their ears. Hey, Nazis, you didn't deserve the scar, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally right. You know what I mean? It's like some people will, will get cauliflower ear by <laughs> grappling and doing this tough work. Yeah. And then some people will just bang their ear a bunch of times to, to get cauliflower ear. Where these guys are like, hey, look, like we didn't have any cool scars. Let's just put this steel mask on and fucking whack each other a few times. <laughs> Sounds crazy, It'll look right? badass, yeah. And it's funny that you say that because I heard it on Joe Rogan's podcast talking to some dudes and... They, they got into that too. Joe was like, yeah, some people will do that for their ears to try to look uh, tough for jujitsu. Call me Joe Rogan. So they went into the same conversation. But Interesting. I, I went last night and I looked at these Nazi dueling scars. And these guys are intense, man. Like, There's something about when you see people from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. They, when we've talked about this before, but they just look like different like hard men, you know? But these guys that are in their their soldier suits and they have these scars and some of them aren't just like a cut. Some of them they have to like reconstruct their face back together uh -huh. and their lips. It's almost like they had a stroke, but it's all of these Nazi generals. They all have scarred up faces and mm. it's a badge of honor and it's it seems crazy, but... Hard times create strong men. Jeez, man. Like, like back then, I mean, like, think think how close together World War One and Two were. Like, they weren't like that far apart. Like, some people fucking live through both of those. You, you you get pretty calloused yeah. after that, you know? Like, they've seen some shit, so a different breed. So if you see an old dude and you're suspicious, he's he's got scarred up face, he's probably a Nazi. Yeah, there, are there still, yeah, I guess there would still be people alive in that era, hey? Like, they'd, be, they'd have to be a, a kid, but they would still be alive. It was only in, you know, thir from 1939 to 45 was World War II. So yeah, you'd still be kicking. You'd be old as shit, but... I sold a Nazi's house once. Did you? He he straight up. He his background on his phone was a swastika. Whoa. He had it was either a ring or a necklace that had like a swastika on it. No shit. And like skinhead like white guy with a bald head, very intense demeanor. Yeah. I remember when I first went to talk to him to look at his house, he would kind of stand in your comfort zone. He'd stand within like a foot of you and talk and 
I was just, I wasn't intimidated. I wasn't there with ego. I was just there to do my job. There to make some Provide a service. Yeah. There to provide a service. So I just talked to him and just did my job. And it was professional. And he seemed to trust me. And everything went through. But he was a sketch bag. Because you're white. Yeah. yeah. White and tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Like Uh, I got very uneasy being around this guy. Did he try to recruit you? No. But I, I sold his house and... After that initial meeting, he moved away. His house was vacant. I never had to see him again besides that first time. So that was good. But um, it's pretty crazy that there's still people around like that, eh? Like that yeah. just have that old fucking, I don't know, just like old way of thinking. Like, <clears throat> hey, man, like chill out with that whole division thing. What you doing? And like flaunting it around with like a necklace and like it's on your background like i don't know man it just seems fucking weird it's so stupid so stupid i think a lot of it stems from they're young and they get you know they get put into this belief and they don't really understand even what it's about and they're they're taught to hate people that for the most part just look like them and i don't think they really understand it but they're just kind of it's kind of like mind control and then after a while you're just programmed and it's just like Fuck these types of people. Yeah. You know? Well, look, I mean, I, I don't think it's, you know, in some ways it's the same as any religion. Like some people <laughs> think like, oh, Christianity is like the end all be all. Like that is the religion. But it's like if you grew up in the Middle East, you'd have a different opinion. You'd think that this was the religion. Or if you yeah. grew up in this area, like that would be your belief system or ideology or religion. So it's like he grew up with that. His parents instilled it in him when he was young. And so, like, yeah, that's that's the lens you have. Conditioning. Yeah, man. Crazy. Isn't it crazy? Fuck. So what's up with Layla? I seen she was 10, 10 years? 10 years old. Jeez. It's a decade, right? It's funny. You posted those pictures yesterday, and the initial ones you posted were you with, like, short hair. I think that's back when you were selling cars. Yeah, yeah. I, was, and I, was like, I, re- I remember that photo, even. I was actually delivering a vehicle. In the truck with the glasses on? Yeah. Okay, yeah. The very first yeah. one. Crazy, yeah. eh? Wild. It's man. funny that you used to wear, like, you know, collared shirt, like, business attire, short, brush-cut, gelled hair, yeah. you know? It's- I'd always get haircuts at the... Uh- I forget the guy's name, but he like did all like Jeff McNeil's and like all those guys did yeah. all their fancy hair yeah. and I'd always go there <laughs> and funny. yeah, man, different, a little different now. Crazy. So is she doing okay? Do you have to take her to the vets or what? I, yeah, I, I have to get blood work done on her cause she's been waking me up quite frequently just puking. Like oh, it'll sure. be like 2am and like I, I don't sleep that great as it is and yeah. it's just been like, I'm like, fuck, I need to like <laughs> just get peace of mind or clarity or to see what's wrong got blood work done everything came back clean which i was kind of like fuck like i i wanted to know something mm-hmm. it's almost like worse when you like go there you know you pay the 230 bucks for blood work and they're like yeah your dog's clean as a whistle i'm like well fuck yeah like now what yeah you know and he's like we have medication that will like help her from puking and i was like is it hard on her and he's like yeah like i'd probably like not do that unless it was like really bad hmm. and i'm like okay well i'll just keep getting up at 2 a.m and then Shit, going back man. to bed and waking up at 4 a.m for class <laughs> Jeez, so i wonder what that would be like i don't know man like she is slowing down like it could just be you know i don't know like if, if pain <clears throat> is causing it like she's on pain meds now you know she moans and groans every time she gets up every time she sits down you can hear her kind of go like then she gets up and you know it's like it's a little bit tiresome for her to do basic things like that like get up and lay down so kuvos slash german shepherd what's a life expectancy on a dog like that 10 to 12 10 to 12 really yeah Yeah. she's on the last 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 stretch 
Do, do you know what I love? She was going through some real pain a few years ago. Yeah. And you were thinking you might have to put her down. Yeah. And then you got to do the California trip, take her across the country, take her to the beach, California. And yeah. It was cool that you got to do that trip with her. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was limping. She could hardly walk for a while. Yeah. You know, when we went yeah, to Fernie, like, it's like she was kind of getting her legs under her again. And then she sprinted or something and, yeah, you know, hurt her leg that. again. And then she, you, you know, yelped. And then she's limping. I had to pick her up in the van every time. Like, she couldn't, she couldn't get in the vehicle. Hip dysplasia? No, I got that checked and there was no hip dysplasia. She must have, I don't know. I mean, I rarely get answers when that I go to weird. the vet. Yeah, hey. You know, even now, it's like I find every time I go there, it's almost like when I go to the doctor, they're kind of like, I don't know. I think you're just fucked. You That's gotta... how it is at the doctor, hey? Yeah, a lot of the times, yeah. Do you know what my family doctor used to tell us when we were little kids? Uh-huh. My, my parents used to take us when we were really young, and he'd always just say, go home and suck on a hard candy. <laughs> I don't know what kind of an accent that was. <laughs> but he'd say, go home, suck on a hard candy, you'll be okay. Like a Mennonite. <laughs> accent <laughs> um, i try not to be racist so i should I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's wonder, like yeah. it's like hey man I, sugar candy's not gonna yeah. make me he feel goes better. to school for ten, nine years to say that to yeah. people, his patients yeah. um but yeah so layla she's 10 years old yesterday and i guess this will come out on monday so <laughs> march 3rd she was she turned 10 and, you know, sometimes you, like, think about, like, you know, it's like when we hit episode 50, you had to, like, go out and celebrate it a little bit. So, for her, I just went out and I shot the video, but I wasn't that happy with the video, so I might post it later. We'll see. And that's why I wanted the mic. So, for her birthday, I wanted to, like, put a bib on her and then get her sitting in front of, like, a table. And I just had a nice, clean, white dish. And I was going to just put random foods in front of her and see what she would take and what she wouldn't. Mm. So I'd put like a carrot in front of her and she'd sniff and be like, fuck is this? I put a broccoli there, she'd sniff it, what the fuck is this? I put a chip there, sniffed it, licked it, pulled back, and then went to chew it. You know, just like ran it. And then I put like a raw steak. I just slapped it on the thing and she just was like, <laughs> and just chomped it down, put a cooked steak, smoked salmon. So yeah, she had a little <laughs> bit of a feast on her own just to kind of celebrate her 10th birthday. Didn't. Do you know what's funny? Uh, when people, they put a dog at the table wearing like a hoodie and they put their arms in front and feed the dog. Uh, it's so funny. Dude, I should have done that. That's so funny. I should have done that. Uh, maybe maybe I still have time. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't posted the one, yeah. you know, because I just wasn't that satisfied with it. But um, so anyway, I, you know, when she turned 10, I was just kind of thinking like, like what are, what are the best things since having Layla? It's been 10 fucking years. We've been attached at the hip, mm-hmm. you know, like. I legit remember being able to like hold her like this, like just in the palm of my hands, like legit little teddy bear, you know? Yeah. And, and now it's like 10 years later, she's, <laughs> she's fought a deer. She killed a skunk, ripped a porcupine to pieces. She traveled to LA with me up in the mountains, lived in the van for four years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just been a, it's been a journey, but I was just thinking like, what's like the, the number one takeaway, I guess for me. And I just kept going back to all the walks, all the walking that we did. I I was like, I wonder how many miles we put in together just walking. Mm -hmm. Like even in Denver, like I remember being outside of Las Vegas up in the hills, just walking and like looking from afar, seeing Vegas and then LA, we're just constantly walking around here behind the gym, walking through the train tracks, through the graveyard. We went down by the river every day. You used to walk her like average 10K a day. Yeah. Like when you first did van life. Yeah. And now she's slowing down a little yeah. bit. And in winter, it's more like micro walks. Like every hour, every two hours, you go out for a little walk. Um, but then with walking comes like some, some awesome things. It's not just walking. 
I found that walking with her for one, it just forced me outside, but it was like helping me be more present. Cause I would like, a lot of times I would just like do the walk to clear my head. I would try to like observe leaves and, and tree bark and like feel the wind, mm-hmm. like random basic shit like that, that like sometimes we like forget to appreciate. Totally. So I found that that was like a really big takeaway for me was just, you know, walking with her helped me be present during the walk. And then it would trickle into other parts <laughs> of my life. Um, the other thing was it just helped me like slow down, slow my life mm-hmm. down. Like sometimes yeah. you're like, you have like this anxiety cause you have a to-do list. You have these things you got to do and you're like, ah, you kind of like have this, you know, uh, nervous energy or anxious energy. And then when you go for a walk, it like, it would almost slow it down every time. And then you, re- you can return with like a little bit more of like a calm, you know, energy, I guess, or calm mind. I can totally see it forcing you to slow down. Yeah, man. And then the other thing, which I, I really appreciate were like sparks of inspiration and ideas would flow when you walk. I, I find it's very similar to meditating where it's like when you're in that stillness, and not that walking is a stillness in regards to meditation, but it is some form of like moving meditation or mm-hmm. stillness. And it's almost like these weird little gifts would happen. These like gifts of ideas and inspiration would pop into my head while walking. And I found like that was like a really huge takeaway. So in the 10 years, I was like, that's like the number one. It just forced me to walk. And I mm-hmm. got like all three of those major benefits from it. You know, Dude, it's another thing too, is obviously now you have a girlfriend but for a lot of years, just like me, you were a guy who liked a lot of independence. You know, you single, you like, you know, you don't panic when you're by yourself and, you know, having a dog, like having, like, that's like having a relationship in a sense, you know, it's just you, it's you and this little furry partner and yeah, it's, um, build a bond together. Yeah. You know, it's not just solitude when you're single and on your own. It's yeah. like, it's like your little family, you know, you'll have conversations with that fucking oh, thing. Totally it looks at not. you and has no idea what you're saying, but it's just like, you still like interact with it. Yeah. You for know, sure. it's like, she'll do something like, fuck, what are you doing that for? And she kind of looks at me like, cause I wanted to bitch. You yeah. know, it's almost <laughs> like this weird, like invisible way of communicating. It's funny because I'm just a clean freak, you know, and um, like a lot of times I like won't even pet dogs because I just don't want to get hair on me. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll probably get a dog this year, man. Oh shit! Um, I right I, when mine dies, you you, you get a dog. <laughs> That's crazy. I um, well, my girl's gonna be moving in with me, and I didn't I didn't really know this about her for a while, but she was like a big dog lover. She used to have like four or so dogs. Oh wow. In Britain, in Brazil. Brazil. And she had an Instagram page with just like for her dogs and she would get like a thousand likes a picture. Like she actually had a big page with like 10,000 followers and it was just her dogs. And she showed me and I was like, what the fuck? People like dogs. Yeah. And she had like a really nice camera over there. Okay. Um, but you know, so she like, she really wants to get a dog and I've always wanted one, but I've never wanted one over the last decade on my own because just my lifestyle, you know, but with somebody else to help me. And I, like I was telling you the other day, I, it's just, you know, it's time for me to just enjoy that part of life because I do love dogs and I need to, I need to convince myself that life isn't about not having hair on your ground. You know, like it's not just about having the cleanest house and having everything in perfect order. It's like, I, I know that it kind of stresses me out the idea of having a dog, but once we had one and not like a big dog, like right. yours, but I'm what sure I would love it. I'm sure yeah. I'd love to have one. You got any idea of what you're wanting to get? No, it's going to be a rescue dog though. Like oh, not yeah. a, 
yeah, we're going to adopt one, but um, I, I don't know yet. We, we're both kind of on board of something kind of small, but not like not like super small, not like, not like a chihuahua. Not like chihuahua like style. Pug. Don't get a pug. Yeah, yeah no. No, no, it won't be a pug. It won't be a pug. So something like, yeah, I don't really know. Honestly, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about breeds, but... Uh, I come over and you have a pug, and I just, when you're not looking, I bring it in the van with Layla and just shut the door. Oh my God, that's torture, man. It's like a mouse and a snake pit. But yeah, so it'll be fun. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. I um, it Yeah, this might not stem too far, but I, I wanted to ask you a question I guess because I, I have an answer that I somewhat thought about and wanted to share with you but I'll ask you first um, so you know I was talking about like when when I'm walking sometimes you'll you'll get like these almost like gut feelings or like your intuition will scream a little bit louder because you allowed yourself the silence for it to actually enter right like intuition rarely comes in the middle of chaos it's yeah. usually like when you're in the shower and you're just like chilling and I was just like whoa totally that's a good idea yeah you know, or like when you're in bed at nighttime and you're thinking about like something and this, this powerful idea comes to you and you're like, oh, that's genius. Like I'm going to write that down tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow morning comes and you're like, fuck, yeah. where to go? Yeah. Um, so we, so for example, like recently, not, not even recently, this has been a while. I've had like a gut feeling or like an intuition that I should, that I would feel comfortable and better and I would do better if I took my investment out of the stock market. And I did that recently and it was, I right away, I even talked to my financial advisor and I was like, look, I know that the markets might go up and it might look like I might lose money, but I was like, deep down, I feel like this is just the right move for me and I have to make this move. And so this has like been an ongoing thing for a while that I felt that. And then I talked to uh, someone I know who's like a, a multimillionaire and he even, he was saying that, um, him and his clients, they pulled their money out as well just because the stock market, he's never seen it be so unpredictable. And so he's like, I'm just going to back off for a little bit. I know they say you're supposed to like buy and hold, but again, just deep down this weird intuition, gut feeling told me to do it. I did it. Felt great that I did it. So where do you, what, what do you think intuition is? Like if you were like, can you put any kind of definition on what intuition might be? Like where, where it comes from, like what is intuition? We all have a gut feeling. It, it's, it's like this thing that we all talk about often, but it's like nobody really understands it, it seems. We just kind of go off of it sometimes. I almost, I almost think that the answers are all around us. They're there, but we, don't nece we can't nece necessarily resonate with them and understand them. Right. So it's almost like intuition is a glimpse at a glimpse in the direction of what the truth might be. Mm. And we can kind of cue into it, whether you call it an omen, a gut feeling, right. an intuitive feeling. Right. But it's if and if you believe this and, you know, I'm kind of deep in that sense of like believing the universe and intuition. Universal I believe laws that. and stuff. Like yeah. That. So I, I think I think that the answers are, are all around us. And that intuitive feeling is almost like a, you're tuning into a sense of truth that might still be fuzzy. You can't, you can't clearly see it, but it's like, you just know, right. You know, it's interesting. So I going off what you just said, it's very, very similar, but I just, I liked, so I watched a video cause I just typed in like, what is intuition? Cause I, I've just, in the past few years, I, I've been trying my best to listen to it and it seems to be like guiding me yeah. well. Yeah. Like the other day I went for a walk and just talk, talking about like going for walks with Layla. 
Prince asked me the other day, he's like, um, you know, a lot of like powerful thoughts can come from walking. And he's like, can you like express like one powerful idea or thought that has come to you like recently walking? And I'm like, yeah, literally the other day I was walking around and I got overwhelmed with the feeling of like, you're on the right path. Like I'm enjoying the life that I've created and it's because I've been following my intuition and it just things feel right. It doesn't mean things are easy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that things are easy. They're very challenging, but it's like they feel right. And so even when the obstacles come, I'm like, yeah, this is just a part of the journey that I'll get over. I'll maneuver it. But yeah, I was just thinking like, you know, with, with what I do for work, you know, just being on the mats all the time, like the choosing van life, having Layla in my life. I got a, a small but powerful circle. I love everybody at the gym, you know, relationship with Aaron. Like there was this all financially things were like just coming together and I'm like walking. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like this feels good. Mm-hmm. And so I, I anyway, I, I wanted to like type in like, what is intuition? Just so I had a better understanding of it. And uh, Deepak Chopra, I always forget how to say his name. Um, I read a few couple books of his and um, so he had a two minute video explaining what intuition is and he talked a little bit about like somewhat science stuff behind it like what part of the brain fires up like I guess it's the front part of your brain that fires up when intuition is happening but what I liked that he said was he said that it's non-local so a lot of the stuff that we have in our head is based off past experience or knowledge or things that we've acquired along our journey of life and that we can pull upon it and use it when we need to. It's like a, a filing cabinet of information mm-hmm. that we can draw from. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that inspiration or that gut feeling is non-local. It's not mm-hmm. coming from you. And he said one way to think about this, a lot of spiritual practitioners will think about this. It's basically like intuition is eavesdropping on the universe And so like, it's almost like this higher power, like universal thing that's happening, like a God like thing with like this crazy wisdom that it's eavesdropping and it's grabbing it. And it's almost just chucking it at you. Like, Hey, did you hear this? Like, here's this little piece of information, do with it what you will, Mm -hmm. you know, but your life might improve if you listen to it. And I think listening to your intuition or that gut feeling, again, it does not mean it's easy. Like I was, I was thinking about Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I bet he had a gut feeling to do the things that he did or Gandhi or like some of these powerful figures in history. There's a hard fucking road. Those are not easy choices, mm-hmm. but they were their choices. I bet it felt very right for them to yeah. be doing that. Yeah. So it was like kind of like a, yeah, just a weird little thought where I'm like, fuck it. Intuition is almost like drawing from this infinite source of power and knowledge and it's mm-hmm. like gifting you these little things and the more you listen to it the more life will seem maybe more fulfilling or right you know and i feel like the more you it's it's like you don't use you don't use it you lose it the more you can sense and listen to it maybe the more you'll you'll sense it again yes that yeah i've heard that before and this is yeah that sparked another idea so while walking I get these random like visions or feelings sometimes while I'm walking and I was I was thinking about intuition while walking <laughs> and I and we, we've been talking about like you know God and source and stuff like that quite a bit and I was like oh like imagine you know we, we talk about how um, God is inside of us all imagine if intuition or gut feeling was like the little piece of God that's in us all screaming at you trying to be like, Hey, like fucking do this. Like start the business. Yeah. Ask her out. But it's like, and the more you listen, the louder the voice gets. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when you, when you've stuffed it for so long, 
that little, that powerful God figure inside of you or source or whatever you want to call it is silence. Yeah. You can't even tell. You can't even tell, but it's like the more you listen to it, the more like this infinite power source is like, will will yell shit at Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) That that was like the shit that I was like, while I was walking, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like my belief. Yeah. Like I believe that too. I I truly believe that. Dude, I want to start, like, I was thinking about like creating your own religion, like that Daniele Bolelli book. I love that book, but it was like, that's a religion I can get behind. There's still a God figure. There's still like this infinite power source. And I'm not necessarily meaning like a God figure in the clouds, but it's like, no, it's in me. It's in you. Mm -hmm. And like that I can get behind because now you're not only like believing in yourself, but you're believing in like this infinite internal power that you have. And it's your job to like unlock it and to continue listening to the omens or the gut feeling or the intuition. Mm So that's where my head's been at for, I've been stuck in thought for like a while that's now. deep. Yeah. It's been fun. Do you know what? Here's a couple of personal experiences about that. Something senses, you sense that something's right, but you don't necessarily have the answer, right? So it's like, I don't know why I'm going to go this direction, but it feels like this is what I should do. So you do it, you know, it's, it, it was like the, the decision to get into sales I didn't know why, but I just knew that that would lead me to things, you know, that job at the, at the local newspaper. I, I didn't have the answers, but I knew that was the first step in the direction I wanted to go. It just, it felt right. Yeah. And sure enough, through years, you know, new doors open up. And I remember when I was about 16, maybe 17, on the other end of the spectrum, it was a, it was a Friday or Saturday night. I was... There was nothing going on. You know, when you're at that age, you just want to party. You want to be around people. You want to socialize. That's all that matters in life. Yeah. So we're just like, how can we sit home on this Friday night? I think it was like today. It was snowing. It was just shitty weather. It was already like 930. It's like, just stay in. But we're like, no, we let's go do something. So me and a friend, we were having some drinks at one of our parents' house and nothing felt right about this, but we made a decision to go into Saskatoon to go meet up with some people. We both, we didn't want to, it didn't, it was forced. Our intuition was saying, don't go, stay home. But we just fucking bullheadedly made the decision to go into the city. And I can totally remember this. It didn't feel right. We were like pissed off. We were, the whole vibe was, was bad, Mm. but we were young. We got to go drink and talk to people. Right. So we go into this. Now we were drinking in the house. We probably had a few drinks and then my friend drove and uh, I went in his car with him. And he had like a half full Mickey bottle under his driver's seat from just a different day. I didn't even know it was there. And sure enough, we hit a check stop in the city Mm. and the cop, you know, it's whatever, has the flashlight out. He finds this bottle. This friend already lost his license and he just got his license back. So the cops like, um, who's, who's alcohol is this? And I just said, it's mine because I was like, he's driving right now. Right. So... Yeah, anyways, nothing happened to my friend. I got like a $360 fine. Mm, man. He was supposed to split it with me for covering his back, but he never paid me. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> but, but it, and I just remember I had to pee so bad and we're waiting with the cops and every, it was just the worst vibe. Right. And I, all I can remember thinking is like, why didn't I listen to my gut? Right. We, we both didn't want to come into the city and we just forced it. Uh, you know, and it's, it's shit like that that makes you God, God's just in your gut, shaking his head, his yeah. hand on his chin, his fingers, yeah. motherfucker, man. Yeah, doesn't man. know. Crazy. But it's, that's, some deep sh- that's some deep shit. And I, I truly do believe that 
and like you said, it's very difficult, but I think the best path in life is the one where you're trying your hardest to, to follow that intuition, to follow that gut feeling, you know, and to like believe in yourself and like going off last episode where you were talking about the fighters, how like it's, it's this thing that you want a piece of, like they, they win the championship and it's just like, this wasn't me. And they point up in the sky and they're like, this was God, like, like their confidence and, in yeah. their faith. But it's like, you know, I struggle with pointing up into the sky, but I find over the past few years, it's been a lot easier to point to myself and be like, you got this. Like, I believe in myself mm, yeah. and, and not just myself selfishly, but I, when I say that, I feel like I genuinely feel like there's some kind of like higher power inside of us. And mm -hmm. so like, it's not just like me, but I, I like the idea of pointing like to me more than pointing up into the sky. I can connect to a higher power easier that way, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And one of the ways that Deepak Chopra said that you can um, access more intuition is just stillness. He just said like meditation, um, walking, you know, like I said, like being in the shower for a long period of time, like these moments of stillness, he said, that's typically when like these powerful thoughts or ideas will present themselves. Mm -hmm. But they, a lot of the times for a lot of people, they'll present themselves but then your mind starts to walk yourself away from it. It starts totally. to justify like, nah, like that's, that's not you. Like you shouldn't do that. Like, what are your parents going to think? What are your friends going to think? Ah, fuck it. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep silencing that voice more and more. And we talked at the beginning about conditioning and patterns. Yeah. What I've been trying to do over the last few years is, you know, I, we all probably get this way, but I get in a pattern where I wake up as soon as I open my eyes, I'm just like, the cycle of thought goes, okay, what do I got to do today? Okay, what am I going to wear today? Okay, what time am I going to train today? Okay, what am I going to do this weekend? And this thought cycle starts going. And I have to train myself to immediately stop that and just be like, leave your mind completely open for possibilities. Nothing new and exciting and inspirational will happen if you're just in this cycle of just back Fu to thoughts, future and past, thinking about the future, thinking about yes. the past, you're yes, stuck, totally. stuck in there where it's like when you're present, like you said, and you're just like, then it almost allows that more creativity and inspiration to come to you. There's no, it's impossible to have room for possibility and inspiration and creativity, creativity when you are thinking about the past mm -hmm. and the future, you have to push it aside that's where meditation helps yeah. and make room for possibility. Yeah. And that's why I also really believe in, like you said, going for walks. And every time I go for a walk, I'll spend like a couple minutes where I'm like, okay, I'm hearing all the sounds. I'm only focused on sounds. And then I'm only focused on sight. Like I'm looking far. I'm like appreciating the colors. And then I'm just like feeling myself in my body. Like, am I warm? Am I cold? How are my steps? You know? And then... I feel the wind on my face. I'm like feeling all the sensations touching my skin and giving yourself even that like two minutes of, I am here. I yeah. am now, I am fully present. I'm fully aware. And, and when you do that and you're not thinking, you're not back in that routine cycle of thought, it seems like right after that, that's when something will hit. Mm. It's like, Hey, I have a podcast idea right. or yeah. Hey, I have an advertising idea for real estate. I need to do a voice memo when I get home. Yeah. Shit like that. Talk about universal laws. That seems to be a universal law. You try too hard to force something and the universe is like, nah, bitch, like you're trying too hard. You look desperate. Perfect example, Erin, the other day, she's, she's, she works a lot. She's a workhorse. You know, she's trying to like get all this stuff done. 
and I heard her on a call with one of the girls that she does these calls with and um, they were just kind of talking about that exact thing and, and you know uh, Aaron was like I, I, I think I need a day off like can you can you gift me a day off like this is kind of her coach that she she hired and the coach was like yeah like take a night off she she's like okay so mentally she's like okay like I'm gonna just unwind I'm gonna order pizza maybe have a glass of wine and just chill mm-hmm. like I've been I've been going from morning till night Five minutes later, she gets a message. Someone was interested in, in doing the, the this new business endeavor that she created. It was literally five minutes after she made the mental check of like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to force this. I'm not just going to keep working and working and working. So again, with that universal law, it's like she wasn't like kind of getting anywhere at one stage because she was just in the book studying, pushing. Right, pushing too hard. All of a sudden, she backs away and relaxes and just um, surrenders almost. And the yeah. universe is like... Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like yeah. roll something your way and she's yeah. like, holy fuck. Yeah. So yeah, like those universal laws are, are interesting. Totally. Hey, um, yeah. I, I was going to say too, sometimes training jujitsu, you're rolling and maybe you got some shit on your mind. You're, it's an activity where you have to be present, but sometimes your mind is still wondering a little bit. If you can have those training sessions where you're fully present, sometimes you'll do something, a transition, a, a scramble you do something that you almost surprise yourself. And I think it's because your, your mind is so empty. You're so in the present that there's room for that creativity, that possibility yeah. where if you were just thinking about a little something, you would have missed that opening, that yeah. opportunity. That's why I love what Dwayne Ludwig said about uh, heavy bag work. You know, he said like a lot of the times in class we'll do Dutch drills and like pad work. We got the shadow boxing, but he's like, I love to encourage bag work because that's the time to be an artist. You have no structure when you're hitting a bag. Like if I set the round, the round for three or five minutes, like you can just kind of open up and be you, be the individual that you are, as opposed to a Dutch drill doing a haul under a Dutch, like the Dutch one combo, it's a set patterns. Yeah. Whereas like when you're on your own shadow boxing or, or rolling and being very present, there isn't much structure to it. You just almost let your brain take you wherever it takes you and everyone moves differently and reacts differently. So you get to kind of express yourself you know, uh, physically that way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I like that. That's cool. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about just going off this again, this, this is funny. I told you before the podcast, I'm like, this might be the most challenging one for me. Cause I feel like everything that I have written down on my piece of paper <laughs> to talk about is all connected in some way. And so the, the challenge is to string it all together and have it make sense. Mm-hmm. So far, I think we're on the right <laughs> path. Um, there are certain terms that we hear and sometimes they just resonate with people. And I'll give you an example in martial arts. Literally just this morning before I get into this thought. And I just thought of this now. I wasn't even going to bring this up. So this morning, I, there's a new student. I think he's been training with us for like two weeks. About two weeks. And, he, and we're, we're doing like a, a, a bit of a warm-up. And he's throwing knees. And I walk by and I'm like, oh, like those are those are good knees. Like those are looking good. And he's like, honestly, he's like, it's what you said to me a few days ago. And I'm like, what did I say to you? He's like, you said to, to look like a T, the letter T. So when you throw a knee to get your hips forward, you have to lean back. Mm. And your standing leg is stationary. So you have one leg on the ground, your upper body tilts back, and then your hip and your knee come forward. 
and obviously you're not going to go completely horizontal. Like it was just, an, it's just it's like a, a perfect T. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a perfect T, but he said that really yeah. helped him understand that his hips and knee needs to come forward and he needs to lean his upper body back. And bro, his knees looked substantially better. I don't say that to everybody. I don't say to everyone to like look like a T, yeah. but I just, I was struggling trying to get him to throw a good, a good knee. And then I was like, think about a T. Like I was like, you know, and then I showed him, I was like, snap back and then your standing leg and I kind of showed him and all of a sudden it worked. So that, that term, like that, that phrase resonated with him where other people would be like a T and they would literally try to go horizontal and fall on their back and be like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, fair enough. I'll try another one. <laughs> um, but I, I'm reading uh, Think and Grow Rich for the fourth time. Still broke. <laughs> um, the the term that I, that really resonated with me on the fourth time, cause again, I've read it one, two, three and I'm like highlighting new shit now. And it's like, it's, it's, it's the best it's been the fourth time. Interesting. Around. It's resonating with me more and more. Wow. And, um, thought habits were, was the word that word, I was just reading it. And I'm like thought habits. Whoa. Like, cause he was, he was saying that to change your subconscious mind, like, let's say you have like a, um, a scarcity mindset or like you don't believe in yourself and you have a lot of self doubt mm -hmm. to change that you have to change your thought habits. And we always think about physical habits. I'm going to wake up at this time. I'm going to do a cold plunge. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to read journal. I'm going to do this, this, and this, like, this is my, these are my habits. You could do all those habits, but if your thought habits are, you're not worth anything, you're a piece of shit, you'll always be broke, you're not, you, you can't get this job, she's too good for you, all these things, none of the physical habits are going to matter a whole lot because your subconscious mind is like, you're a piece of shit, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So the power of mantras and like prayer, like that's what it's doing. It's almost like giving you like this strong hope or belief or faith in yourself. And I was just thinking like, man, I've been doing mantras and like that type of thing for a long time. And bro, in my early twenties, I was thinking about my mindset. And even in my, my, um, teenage years, I had very little belief in myself. I didn't think like anything good in my life was going to happen. I used to think that way too. Yeah, man. I kind of just thought like I was going to have these shitty jobs and just kind of have like a dull, mundane, boring life. And I was going to be a little bit depressed most of the time. And you really like thought and believed that and you couldn't see further than that. And, and so you kind of just create that reality. And then over the years, I've just had these like morning mantras and now reading Think and Grow Rich, I started doing like some of the steps that they talk about, you know, and I'm reading it every, every uh, morning and every night. I'm doing that every morning, every Dude, night too. And, yeah. and it's exciting, but I'm like, bro, this low key is like changing my subconscious mind. It's almost changing like that, that really, it's giving me belief in myself. Yeah, yeah. And like you said in the other podcast, like if you, like you said, you believe in belief. If you want to accomplish anything or have anything worthwhile in your life, like you have to believe that you can actually do it. Whether you're like a writer, musician, dancer, like I don't give a shit what it is. You have to believe that you can actually get there. It's like that quote. It's like whether you believe you're going to succeed or fail, whatever you believe, you're right. Yeah, man. It's like you're, I can guarantee you one thing. You're not going to succeed if your belief is that you're a failure. 100%. And I got another quote for you. I wrote it down. <laughs> Faith removes limitations. I have that one written down too. It's so good. Yeah. Because I, my limitations, like I limited myself so much based on my belief when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I, I just like, I just didn't think like I would do things, but I was like, you're not going to be successful at this. 
yeah that little back voice is still there it's like it's yeah, still it's, there yeah. so like on the surface sometimes it looks like you're you're moving forward or you're at least you're trying <laughs> i guess but like i just yeah deep down i there was like a block there and so like i think to unwind that and to rewire your subconscious i think like whether it's prayer or mantras or whatever other gratitude like, practice gratitude practice it's a lot of people feel stupid it's like oh yeah let's get up and do it you know three things i'm grateful for the beautiful thing about a gratitude practice is it's a thought pattern you're training your mind to look for the look for the good yeah yeah so it's training right you know because a lot of times naturally we we do have that you know i'm a piece of shit oh i'm not gonna make any money today oh i'm not gonna get that girl yeah so we have to train ourselves to look for the good you know yeah that that reminded me of a um i was listening so bob proctor R.I.P. Recently passed away, but uh, Lewis Howes had him on his podcast a couple times, and Lewis Howes put together kind of like a highlight of all like the cool conversations and lessons that one Bob, of the greats, dude. Yeah, like he's he's so great. Um, oh fuck sakes, what was I talking about? Bob Proctor. Um, what did you just say? I'm gonna get it. It's gratitude. Close. The gratitude. Ah yes, <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Don't lose it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm about to fucking lose it again. Um. <laughs> oh my God. You can't get too excited. You just I know. I it. got so pumped. And then the universe is like, bitch, I gave you that. Dude, that's that's funny. Okay, we'll get it. Um, Gratitude practice. Bob practice. Proctor on Bob Proctor compilation on Lewis House. Oh, yes. So, um, with practice... If you like, let's say like I read think and grow rich once and I'm, and I, I wrote the lessons down and I did it for a month. Imagine me training in martial arts and I, and I learn how to throw a jab and I do it for a month in 10 years. Do you think I'm still going to have a sharp jab? No, I'll lose it. Mm-hmm. And so Bob Proctor was saying like, that's in so many levels, we, <laughs> we know how to practice and get really good at something. But for whatever reason, when it comes to like money awareness and money consciousness, we think that we read one page and then we're good forever. We understand the lessons of this and we're going to be able to change our subconscious because we said a mantra at 5 a.m. one time. Mm -hmm. No, bitch. This is a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. You want to be a really good martial artist, then you are on the mats every day. You're practicing. Mm -hmm. It's what you do. Mm -hmm. And so Bob Proctor was like, this is like the only book I read. I literally just read that book all the time. That, that's what I heard him say before too is yeah he, he has like a couple books and he just reads them and he knows them inside and out yeah. and it's deliberate reading and, and that's that's what he was saying was like you know Lewis would ask him these questions like if you could you know remove um, the entire book but just provide people with one lesson from the book like what would it be and he just knows the answers right away and it was persistence by the way but um, it's like he didn't have to think about it. You could tell the lessons in the book were like ingrained in him. Mm. And like the whole podcast, he was just spitting off quotes, stories. Like you could tell he studied that book. Is he the one who leaves the book like open on his desk in like a book holder? Bob Rocker? Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay, I can't remember if it was him. But... I don't know. I, yeah. I really want one of those though. When I get yeah. a house, I want that so bad. Yeah. But yeah, it's like part of his identity, that book almost, you know? Yeah. But it just makes sense. Like if you want to excel at something, like you got to study it, you know, you have like something deeper has to change in you and which is the subconscious mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not just reading it. It's like if you read books and I fail at this all the time, but it's like 
allowing yourself the time to think about that sentence you just read. Right. You know, you might read that book a few times and thought habit, you know, you go through, but then if you really sit there and be like, thought habit, mm. thought habit, you're like, fuck, like, you're right. I, it, it, I'm starting to understand. Like, it's like training. It's like a habit. It's a, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, how are you reading? How are you practicing? How are you training? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I used to enjoy? And I kind of, man, now that I'm about to say this, I need to go back to it. I think <laughs> I, um, I used to post like a lot longer captions in Instagram and that helped me better understand things. Like sometimes like it wasn't just for like other people. Sure. I would hope mm. they would read and be like, Oh, that's cool. It was like for me, like I'm almost journaling on Instagram. Like I would have like, yeah, let, let's yeah. say this quote, faith removes limitations. So then I would go and write an Instagram post being like when I was in my early twenties and teens, like I didn't believe in myself. I was very limited. I didn't have self belief. And as I got older, and then you start to like write it out yeah. and it almost helps like ingrain it in you and helps you understand it more. You know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. one thing to read it. And then it's another thing for you and I to communicate it verbally. Mm-hmm. And then it's a step further to write it out. Yeah. Now you have three different ways that you've just received that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Do you know what's another thing kind of off that, that I just thought of? We were talking about, you know, not having belief in yourself and training your mind through gratitude or mantras or prayer our mind is our worst enemy. You know, it's like you, we are, life is already hard enough as it is. So the, the least we could do for ourselves is have our own back. Right. And you know, you could, you could quit in fights. You could perform poorly in bed, you, whatever it is, because your mind isn't working with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that Hicks and Gracie book, um, breathe. He said in one of his fights, Early on, he was getting smothered by this guy and he was so tired and so beaten down. He was like mounted and he, he was just in his mind. He's like, I quit. I can't go anymore. I quit. I I'm defeated. And he went back to his corner defeated. And there was still another round. And he said his dad, Hoyler Gracie and and whoever else was like, like you got him. Like you have him. He's more tired than you. And he's like, no, I can't. I'm done. I can't go back out. And his his dad's like, no, you are going to win. You're going to finish him. Anyways, he ends up going out. He, I can't remember what the sequence was, but they go to the ground, whatever. He gets the guy in a choke and he taps the guy out. And he said, that was the biggest lesson I ever learned in fighting is from that day forward. Don't ever trust, like, don't listen to that doubt, that doubt in your head. He's like, fighting is already hard enough. You, if, you're, if you're fighting somebody and then you have to battle yourself and yeah, fight yourself, right. you, you are going to lose. He's like, I can never thank my, my father and my family enough for sending me back out and believing me when I didn't believe myself because it was like me against me. So right. he's like, from now on, no matter what, like my mind is bulletproof. I never quit on myself. Life is hard enough. Fights are hard enough. So I am all in with myself, yeah. like my mind. And that really resonated with me mm. too. You know, it's like, like life is hard. Like you got to have your own back. Yeah. No yeah. matter what. You're, you're, I remember hearing something along the lines of like your, your mind can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. It can be both, <clears throat> right? It can be like your, your rock. Like you could your, sabotage your whole life. You could sabotage relationships. Yeah. Just because of your stupid self-talk, bro. For I don't know if I talk about this on the podcast, but I um, there was a time in my life for about a month, I couldn't last more than ten seconds in bed. <laughs> I had a mental block. 
I, I just, I, and it was depressing because you always hear like, you know, it's like the joke is like, oh, he can't last or whatever. And so like once it happened once, my, my brain just got like, in, it's like, oh, this is who you are. You're the guy that busts too quick. <laughs> and so like my brain became like this toxic thing and it was like working against me. I'm like, fuck, like this girl's about to leave me because I can't perform. And then the next time you go to have sex, all you could think about is nah. don't come quick. Don't finish quick. Don't finish quick. And then what do you do? Finish you obsess quick. over that thought and you yeah. finish quick. I, dude, I would like, I would have to think about like drywall, like boring shit. <laughs> Someone said the most boring. The most boring, dude. And, and it's still like, it would fucking happen to me. And I'm like, man, I can't do this. Like it was one of the worst times. It was like earlier in my twenties, but I remember just being like, fuck, like, is this it for me? Is this my sex life? Dude, I went through the same, the same pattern when I was in my early twenties too. And it was both ways, you know, like it, and it was like a short period that you just had to mentally get like over. Like when you're swinging both ways? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's, it's fuck's sakes. My parents listen to this, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, like you, it's like you're finished in 10 seconds and then your mind, you know, and then the other way of like, you just can't stay aroused right. because you're just like, don't screw this up. And then you're like screw this up. What do you mean? And the next thing you know, you're out of the moment. Isn't it crazy? And so I had to like shake myself out of that. And then, you know, you, you, whatever, you get better. You just have mantras. <laughs> you're fucking beast. You're a lion. You can last for hours. And, and do you know what it ends up being? The answer ends up being is you just be present. Yeah. You shut your fucking mind yeah. off and don't think yourself out of stupid shit. Right. But it, but, but that shows, you know, if your mind is that strong to like, make you respond like physically in these certain ways just like that think about what belief can do if you're like i can do anything i'm a champion i'm a millionaire i am i have a beautiful loving family with no with full peace like think about if you really full peace (laughs) (laughs) i have a peaceful family relationship out of that (laughs) but if you truly believe these positive things and like not just say you believe it but wholeheartedly believe it Think where that could take you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Why? Well, just for whatever reason, I was thinking about American Pie. Do you remember the guy? That, yeah, that could, totally. He could bust nuts just by meditating on it. Oh, yeah. Paul Paul Finch or something. Is it? Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Finch. Finch. Is dude, that the guy? Yeah. Dude, I, yeah. that was my favorite movie. <laughs> uh-huh. There's not a better movie out there. When you're like a 13-year-old oh, kid, dude. Like, Dude, so good. Stifler, legend. Oh, man. Stifler, fuck. <laughs> I wonder how those movies would be if we watched them again. I wonder if they'd be lame or if they'd still be like timeless, you know? Yeah, there are certain movies, man, that I'm scared to ever watch again. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like the Ace Venturas, like the Dumb and Dumbers, you know? Yeah, I don't want it to like ruin the image that I have in my head of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't remember where we were going with that. I don't either. Man. Wow. I'm just thinking about busting nuts while <laughs> meditating. <laughs> What's that Kama Sutra, right? Um, well, Kama Sutra. Kama I think Sutra. it's a number of different things. Like, there's like I, I had a book on it years ago, like when I was like 21 and living in Edmonton. <laughs> I bought one, and it was just like a bunch of sex positions. So yeah, I don't think it necessarily means like yeah, meditating and busting. But yeah, maybe it's, yeah. But there's something sexual, I think, about Kama Sutra, if that's what it is. Yeah. It's like, but you hear that. It's like people, they, they, they save up, you know, they don't, they don't orgasm. Oh, they believe right. in like holding it and like holding this sexual energy. And yeah, there's like some, 
I've never looked into it, but there's some like people that are like all about that. Like you shouldn't orgasm, like build it up, build up this shit. I'm just on the chapter in Think and Grow Rich. Oh, there you say in the Kama Sutra book. I'm like, oh, you're still <laughs> yeah, reading it. No, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just on that chapter now. And somebody, I don't, I won't say his name, but he was just telling him, he probably wouldn't care, but I'm not going to say his name just in case he does. Um, he was saying that I think the longest he held a nut in was 42 days. And he's like, I felt like a savage. Like I felt really powerful. Like I had like this, like this, like, you know, surge of energy in, in me, you know? And I'm like, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the longest you've went? within the last decade that you can recall? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, probably like two weeks, you know? Probably two weeks, I bet. Do you know what would happen to me if I try to hold for like long like that? What? Have a wet dream. Oh yeah? My body just wouldn't. Really? I remember being in my like early, early mid twenties and after about a week or so time, it's like your body is just middle of the night. Like we got to, we got to let go. Man, waking up <laughs> to a wet dream is intense, eh? <clears throat> really intense. You kind of wake up and you're like, whoa, like that's again, go talking about the power of the mind. You didn't touch yourself. You were lying in bed. Power of the mind. And your mind just set off one of the most powerful things in the world. The thing that, that literally is like the motivation of human creation is like sexual energy. And it's like your brain was like, Hey man, let's, let's go. <laughs> it's time to bust and just wakes you up and you have no control over it. And it's, it's almost like an alpha state where you're like half awake. You can kind of remember it, but you're kind of still sleeping. Right. And then in the morning you wake up and you're like, just did mess. I piss myself? What the yeah. fuck happened? Yeah. And you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Some thick ass piss. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. man. like, I, I don't know. I haven't like tried to sustain from that in years, but I remember that happening after about huh. a week's time. And I was like, fuck, I'm too old for this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to happen when you're like 14 <laughs> right. or 15. You know? Just in a meditation group and you're just busting. Uh, but yeah, when I hear you'll hear like some like rappers or some celebrities every now and then they'll, they'll say nowadays, like, you know, you're not supposed to finish in sex. Like you, you shouldn't ever finish, like build it up. I'm just like, what are you talking yeah, about? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know? Dude, we can wrap it up soon, but man, Kodak black. Yeah. He was on, uh, recently on full send. Yeah. What's with these new rappers, man. You guys need to be like, you need psychologists and to stop doing the drugs you're doing. I can't understand what you're saying, man. Like they, they would ask him a question and he would just, what are you talking about? You heard me. And he would just be so <laughs> faded. They'd be like, yeah, no man, we would go over here. And then he would just, and then, and then was, man. And I'm dude, like, he, Hey man, Hey, speak English. Dude. He, he's one of the worst. He, uh, he did a breakfast club interview like a few years back and he came in with like a belly clava on and he just like, wasn't, um, engaging with them. They'd ask him, shouldn't he be like, yeah, man. Yeah. Dude. And he'd be quiet and they'd be looking at him and be like, okay um so you got an album out and then he eventually walked out so he has like a reputation of just being like fuck these stupid shit and just like leaving like, so i think it was kind of a challenge for the full send guys uh, i'm like three quarters of the way through that one okay yeah I mean, yeah i just saw little clips of it i'm like man fuck these guys and he's big too like he's, yeah it's weird that you could lack this social like i, I don't know man it's trippy yeah. yeah well you got anything else um yeah a couple things um, Cain, Cain Velasquez, did you hear what, what was going on with him? Yeah. So yeah. I'll break down what I read. Maybe I'm missing something, but 
obviously, you know, one of the greatest UFC heavyweight fighters of all time. He's attempted murder. He's getting charged for attempted murder. And what I read happened is he had his niece or somebody in his family, like his, uh, one of his siblings, kids, they were at this daycare at somebody's house. And he found out that, an, uh, the, the, some, an older man that lived at the house, his family with the owner of the daycare molested or, you know, did something not appropriate to his, his, his niece or whoever it was. So he found out <clears throat> and he was driving on the road and he seen this guy and he, basically was in a high-speed chase and he was shooting bullets at his vehicle and he ended up shooting a different guy and nobody died or anything but he's like facing like potential for 20 years to life Cain Velasquez right now Fuck, man. when let's say you're you Jesse Bolt you're a 45 year old man and you have a young daughter you find out that some other you know 55 year old man was like luring her in and doing some inappropriate sexual misconduct molesting her do like does that person have grounds to fuck somebody up with a weapon or is that just illegal and you can't you can't do that like it's such a tricky thing man yeah it, i feel like our legal system doesn't punish <clears throat> sexual abusers enough or like people that rape or molest like it, it a lot of times it seems like you could do like you know you could um have like tax fraud and you would serve a bigger sentence than if you like molested a kid. Yeah. Like, sometimes I hear these yeah. cases where I'm like, oh, this person just, they, they, they screwed over the government. But again, the government are gangsters when it comes to money. Yeah. Try and fuck with their money and see what happens to you again. And then you, you molest someone's kid and they're kind of like, here's a three year sentence. But if you take money off of our taxes, 20 years jail. And so like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I would like to think that the, the bigger part of me would like be able to think about that you know, his niece, like if you could somehow control your emotions, be like, fuck, if I do this and I go to jail, my niece doesn't have me in their life anymore yeah. and I'm affecting a lot more people and, and it's a lose lose for everybody. Whereas if I could somehow be the bigger person and, and I don't know, I'm not walk away. Like I'd still want to bash his head with a baseball bat, but like maybe not kill him or something. He, here, here's I what know. I think. Like I can only imagine what it's like to have a kid or you know, I even think of my niece or whatever, that the rage you would have inside if you found out that they got molested, like, I'm sure you'll do crazy shit. But I think it seems like what he did, he was acting out of straight emotion and he didn't handle it right. Yeah. Because if you're going to do something, knock on his door and beat the shit out of him. You're a heavyweight champion. But yeah. getting in a high speed chase and shooting bullets at a car when you're probably not going to hit the guy. Yeah. It seems crazy that that's the approach he took. Yeah. So he must have been in a fucked up state, you know? I really hope that he doesn't serve that time, man. Especially if you think about the person that, that sexually assaulted the niece. Like, what's going to happen to him? Like, less yeah. of a sentence than, than Cain? Like, for one, don't molest kids. Two, don't molest Cain Velasquez's family. Cain seemed... at how scary he is just from the outside appearance, let alone what he's physically capable of doing. Like, man, that's a scary dude. When you see the mug shots of him, it just says brown pride across his chest. He's got, like, this big head. Like, you're like, holy shit, man. I'm going to say the biggest head. He's terrifying. And the thing is, he seems he seems like a great guy. Yeah. He seems like a family man. He, he seems just like a genuine great guy. Like, he's a lifelong martial artist. Um, well, look what we talked about with Mr. Epp the other podcast. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice guy, gentle giant. But he's like, if you touch my kid, you'll see a different side of me. And here's the thing, 
yes, he reacted kind of rash doing this, but at least he wasn't on a substance. He wasn't like that reason is somewhat just like, yes, it was, that's not how you handle it. But like, can you show some sympathy for some, it's like, yeah, someone his family got molested. Yeah. Like that's where I wish more like common sense would enter the courtrooms and like they, they could take it case by case and just like look at what actually happened and, you know, understand that it was just fucking emotional, man. Like it's yeah. a pretty serious offense, you know, Yeah. but yeah, crazy shit. Yeah. Hopefully Kane, hopefully he's not in much shit, but yeah. Um, lastly, did you see any of the promo for uh, Milesville Covington? I've been watching the embeddeds and I watched the, uh, the countdown. First, first of all, they definitely painted on abs to Jorge Masvidal. Did yeah. you see that? That's what Kobe was saying, dude. Man, For, I, yeah, he looks I, so shredded. I hate that they do that. I know. It's like, if, I the thing is though, I bet you that that does sell more tickets. For sure, like that type of a thing, you know, like they know Sex what they're doing. Sells, man. And just like, oh, look at this specimen. For sure. But it's like it's so corny to me. Yeah. It's like he's already a badass. Why are you I gonna know. paint abs on him? I really wish that like. North America wouldn't do that so bad. Yeah. Like just with like the 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 filters we use on on Instagram and just TikTok, the vanity. This. Yeah, man, it's just very like surface level. Like just show the fucking guy. That's why like Rogan, it was so cool when he did the UFC and they were trying to put makeup on him, and he's like, "Bitch, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. This is what I look like. I'm 50. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like are yeah. you trying to make me look 20? Like yeah. get out of here. Yeah. I like that. Bro. I got one final question for you. Okay. Do you think there's actually beef between Kobe and Masvidal, or what are your thoughts on that whole situation? I, I don't know, man. It's, it's sometimes it's really tough to tell because I I feel like both of them have a marketing mind. I think they're they they both understand the game, and if they were that close before, I feel like it'd be pretty easy to have a conversation of being like, look, like let's let's go at each other and let's sell some fucking tickets and make triple what we would make if we didn't but the other part of me is like it looks pretty genuine and they're throwing some low digs like i'm like you know yeah i don't know i don't know man i feel like i know what they're doing and i think that once they make the because here's the thing they're both in coming up in the same division they both know how good they are the best case scenario is they both make it to the top right yeah so they inevitably knew hey if we're as good as we think we are we're going to eventually meet each other. Right. So I think this is the best case scenario for them. And I think they have, they had to expect that this was going to happen. And I, I feel like once they likely made that decision of like, look, if we're going to do this, let's build it up. Let's be enemies. Let's make it a grudge thing. Let's make some fucking money. Right. I feel like once they made that decision and they're like, all right, you know, right. Then like, of course, guys like Kobe Covington are going to take it deep yeah. and like, just go, off the rocks and be like fuck you your family like you've always been a piece of shit yeah and then they kind of take it far and it starts to seem real right but i think they both they and i'm sure at this point a lot of the animosity is real because they're like fuck this guy's taking it too far like right. fuck this guy that's how it usually goes but it's like i think they know what they're doing i think this was their best case scenario and i think they're squeezing the lemon who wins my intuitive feeling since we're on intuition is kobe I'm a Masvidal guy. God's I, just yelling like Kobe's gonna win. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> yeah. I, um, Kobe. I I like Masvidal more. I want to see Masvidal win. Uh, Kobe's one of the cringiest guys to me, but I just feel like he his wrestling pedigree, his pace. 
I just feel like he's his his he's gonna be a little much for for Masvidal. I think he's gonna fuck him up. I think he's gonna just win the fight, man. Yeah, yeah. I think Usman said it. He's like, if I wasn't champion, Kobe would be. <laughs> yeah, and that, I agree. I feel like he smashes everybody, but Usman. You can almost see it, you know, like Masvidal. He's so fucking good. He's so dangerous. He's such a real fighter. But the pace and the wrestling and the way it's chained together, yeah, it's like it, it's so hard to beat that man. And Kobe's got it. People, there's a there's always like these debates that I see, like especially on TikTok. It's actually a really like cool um, uh, like environment or culture on TikTok, like the martial arts TikTok. Mm-hmm. But like a really common debate is like <laughs> what the best style of martial art is, and a lot of people will say like there is no best. It's just some have good, some have bad. But then this one guy made a cool video and he just, he was, he's like, we all like stats. He was like 90% of the champions from the time UFC started till now, 90% of them had a, had a wrestling background. So what does that tell you? You want to go off numbers and science and statistics. That seems pretty proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And, and just me personally, I, I have the most struggle with wrestlers. Like the the grind, the pace, the control, the body control is is something to you know. It's that's a lot to deal with. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think Colby Covington's gonna smoke him. And they say wrestlers grow up training the hardest. Like it's the most you know physically intense way of training and the pace and yeah. the conditioning. Yeah. It, it, it develops that mindset, that unbreakable mindset, and yeah, crazy. Think about a guy like Kurt Southern when you tie up with him or Hunter. It's like. Yeah. That's that's pretty fucking hard, man. Yeah, hard man. to deal with. Yeah. Crazy. So anyways, let's wrap this shit up. Episode fifty two. Yeah, I gotta get home. I'm looking out the window right now and it's still <laughs> snowing like crazy. It's funny, I um I was feeling really good this morning and I was like really happy and optimistic. <clears throat> I had a good six AM class, I did some privates, I was like I did a little meditation, I wrote my list down for the podcast, I was feeling really good. I drove here as soon as I hit the highway, anxiety through the fucking roof. <laughs> just white knuckling, like just being like, man, like this is stressful. And so like when I got here, I had to do the seven deep breaths just to control my Did nervous you? system oh, a little man. bit. And, but yeah, I think this is a good one. Yeah. All right. Episode 52. Thanks for listening.